our 99-year-old story is a daring story of faith. You heard a myriad of those stories today that it started with a preacher by the name of Jay Beam thinking he could do what we thought we could do and preach anywhere near the surf. And you can't because you can't be heard. It just doesn't work. It's a romantic great idea and I feel his pain. Now that was before the population of Burley was some 15,000 when it was just 300 houses here. And you've seen the photos that capture what life was like back then. The book you've been handed this morning, which I'd encourage you to read, it's a fascinating read put together for our 75th anniversary, captures all those exciting times. But a few of my favourites are when the Presbyterian Church decided to move across the road and merge with the Methodist Church here seven years before the Uniting Church denomination was born and realised that was a good idea. We are ahead of our time. And what happened was amazing. The adult worship happened here and the children worship happened and the children's program happened over the road. We used to have an op shop. Did you know that? We used to have an op shop down in Miami called Pre-Loved Fashions, which Robin was heavily involved in. Any others that volunteered and spent any time there? Blanche, Bev, Paul? No, he's just looking at that photo. Um, so there's some incre- interesting stories that in, in time we should dig up that happened, um, happened around that as well. A few years ago, just a few years ago, we saw a massive influx with families and children in this church because Tom Snowden and his warrior band of volunteers created mainly music. Mainly music happened downstairs and drew in many families and children into the life of our church. It was a wonderful and incredible blessing. We still get phone calls. We still get phone calls from people saying, is mainly music on? We still get phone calls. It was an exciting and daring step of faith, of mission into our community. Then, of course, there's our merger, and we've talked that to death, so we're not going to go there today. How rich our 99 years of history is, and I've only scratched the surface. So let's change gears and bonus points if you can tell me who this is. Who's this? They're not from here. His first name is Ernest. Yes, Shackleton, well done. Ernest Shackleton. Ernest Shackleton was a defiant British explorer who had the dream of leading an expedition to the Antarctic. It had never been done successfully before and many had perished on the way. It was a sure death sentence to get to the pole. And so legend has it that Shackleton put in the Sunday Times, London newspaper, the following advert, and it read this. Men wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours to complete in, dark, in complete darkness, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in event of success. Who's keen? Do you want to do it again? Should we go again? Who's keen? Who will put their hand up for that? That actually is familiar with our history. It's similar to the invite Jesus gave 99 years ago and has been giving every week in Sunday worship ever since. 
live a life that denies yourself, that's radically daring, and follow Jesus into the missionary expanse of Burley and what that means. To do that requires a daring spirit, requires courage, that God can be trusted more than our own plans, our own logic, our own thinking, our own strength, our own efforts. And that daring spirit that you saw in, in that advert is, is captured in what Jesus calls us to. Maureen read it before. The, the passage of Luke 10 starts this. It says, after this, when the scriptures say after this, you've got to just take a back step and find what the thing is that caused this to happen. So the after this is, is, is crazy. A man comes up to Jesus and says, can I follow you with all of my heart? And Jesus says, yes, let's do that right now. And he goes, oh, I've got to go do something first. And Jesus is like, it's now or never. And the guy goes, sorry, I've got to go. Do you know what the guy had to go and do? Check this out. Bury his father. And Jesus' response as he walks away is to say, you're not fit. That wasn't like a fit as in was he clean or not. It was like you haven't the, the resilience to take on the challenge of gravity that requires you now to go. So Jesus has this insane conversation with the guy. And then it says, after that conversation, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He sends devoted disciples, devoted followers, into the place where his presence is about to go. The presence of a spirit-filled disciple in the community always precedes the fullness of the presence of God. God chooses to tie himself to our lives and where we go. As daunting and ridiculous and foolish as that might be, God has chosen to partner with us and requires us to go first with him. So I'm always saying to my friends who don't know Christ, who aren't Christians, I always say I'm praying for you. God is with you. God cares. God actually loves you. You may not understand this or you may not enjoy it or even believe it, but you're not alone because God is with you. And those are words of tilling that soil so when the presence of God moves closer to them, they are ready to see God and to know God and to hear from God. So Jesus told them, Jesus told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. I've read this passage a bazillion times, and it dawned on me this week because it never quite gelled. It never quite made sense. Listen to it. Read it really, really carefully. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the 72, talking to those disciples, and he says to them, they're about to go out. This is more than 72 this morning, but let's say a group like this. And he's talking to them, and we are about to go out. And he says, you guys, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. You're already going. What he's saying is that this number is not enough to harvest all that God has prepared in people's lives in the world. So those of you that are going, your, your primary responsibility is to pray for others who should be going who aren't going. 
Do you get that? So what he's saying to us is, those of you that are going, you need to be praying that God places on the hearts of those who aren't going, who do know God, who do love God, that they should be going too. So I thought we should do that right now. We're going to pray, and I want you to think of those people that God lays on your heart, who are Christians, who when you look at them, you go, would they go into the community? Would they go missionally? I don't think so. I'm going to pray for them. It's an act of love that we're going to do now, and I'm going to lead us in prayer. Let's, let's pray. Lord, we, um, we think of our friends and fellow believers in love, not in judgment. Maybe we've, we've just named ourselves. Lord, send us. Send those people that we've named. Send them out as you send us out. We are a sent people. We're people who move into this world missionally, who live lives on mission to see your kingdom come. And so as you send us, send also those Christians who who love you but may have drifted from you, who have not been gripped by your love for this world. Take hold of them and send them as you send us, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our history is a history where Jesus said, go, and we went. And Jesus is saying, go again to all of us today. And it starts with roles in the church. We've been talking about this the last five weeks. You may have picked one of these up and it may be sitting on your kitchen bench or just folded up on the coffee table or you might be prayerfully and diligently like, looking at it going, how do I want to invest? We would encourage you. Invest yourself and your gifts in a small ways or big ways in the life of our church as it unfolds on Sunday mornings. So, for example, after the service, we have an opportunity to pray in this prayer corner. Maybe that's a ministry God's calling you to take on. We want people there who are just going to welcome others in as our welcomers did this morning. We're so thrilled you could come to church this morning. Come on in. We want people to there. We have a massive need with our children's ministry, where at the moment we are seeing new children come to church every single week. And you know what that means? We need more leaders, helpers, people. Now, here's what I was thinking. I was like, if every one of you said every two months, I'll spend a morning downstairs, we would have more volunteers than we know what to do with. And I know you're amazing grandparents. You're amazing parents. You're amazing people at loving children. And so I want to put it on your hearts. Maybe God is calling you just in those small ways to just be amongst our kids, to support our children's ministry and to build these little disciples as they, as they grow up. So if that's you, if any of those things are you, you can fill in one of these. You can speak to myself or Robin or Wendy or Lauren or person next to you. doesn't matter. Just tell someone and then, then action it. But that's only the first step. When we talk about contributing in the kingdom of God, like, Doing the stuff in the church, that's, that's the very first step. The real adventure happens outside of here. It happens outside of here. Some of you, in fact, all of you have an assignment beyond the walls and the ministry of this church. A mission assignment it might be to your neighbours, might be to your colleagues, it might be to your friends, it might be to the place, the physical place where you live. It might be to children, to disciple them. It might be to your work environment, where you're employed. 
It might be a particular community service. It might be serving the poor. To which Jesus says, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. We're the lambs. You've read this before, right? Many of you like. If you've ever felt, oh, this place where I'm serving God, I feel like a lamb among wolves, you're on mission. That's great news. You should feel that every single day. It's quite irresponsible of Jesus, isn't it? But think about it. Sending out a white, innocent, weak, fluffy, cute lamb. That's us. Into wolves' territory. That's what Jesus is saying. If you know anything about wolves, you know that they are ferocious hunters. They are absolutely lethal. They hunt in packs. And they would round up any little lamb and have slow-pulled lamb barbecue in a wrap for lunch every day of the week. Why would Jesus send lambs to a place where the wolves are going to round them up like a shepherd would and eat them. What is that about? See, we're the lambs in the story. This is you, the little white lamb. No wonder we hear Jesus say, go, and we say, did he say no? I think he said no. Thank goodness, because there's a bunch of wolves out there, and Jesus would not irresponsibly say, go, I am sending you. He would say, no, I'm not sending you. Jesus said, no, that's, that's safe, that's good. But Jesus does send his lambs out because even though a wolf beats a lamb, a lion beats a wolf. And Jesus' nickname was Lion of Judah. We go out with the lion. He doesn't fear these little puppy dog wolves. They said nothing to him. He will devour them and they know it. There is such a supremacy of reign in Jesus that it makes way for us to go on mission. And there's only one reason why a believer should say, no, that's not me. Hebrews talks about it. And Hebrews, the writer of Paul, they think Paul wrote Hebrews now, and, and he was very polite. Paul usually isn't polite, but he used the language of going to sleep. I would say this. The retirement service of your life on mission is better known as your funeral. That's when you get to retire. When you retire into glory, that's when we're done. If you're waiting for God to say, go, it's already been commanded. He already said it. Just like it's been throughout our history and all of history. And we have a rich history of Jesus saying, go, and we need to honor it. Go and make disciples, Jesus said. His final words here in his flesh. You are called. Your challenge is to discover your assignment. What is your assignment? You see, Jesus issues the assignments. Not me. Not the church. Not the council. Not your friends or your family or your mentors or anyone. Jesus issues your assignment. 
your responsibility before God is to take your mission personally, to take the mission of God personally and fulfill your assignment from Jesus. We've learned over the years in our church about how this needs to happen. The best way to kill mission is to get a church council or a committee or a group of people to say, hey, that should happen. Because what happens? Nothing. It doesn't happen. What happens, I am convinced more than ever, that the mission of this church will be determined by the missional courage of individuals who God places something on their heart. They say, I cannot escape it. I have to do it. And as I do it, come, church, and join me. Come and be part of this. That's how the church grew and acts. And it's how God wants the church to act now in order to grow. So my final question, what is the assignment that God has given you? Do you know it? Are you being obedient to it? It's our responsibility to continue our 99-year-old story until Jesus comes back. But it only happens when we take the mission of God personally and own our own assignments. So it's over to you guys now. You are lambs amongst wolves, but we go with a lion. We go with a lion. You need to fear nothing. Let me pray. Lord, as we think about this daunting task, our, our hearts, our lives, they, they buck in, in resistance to this. But you still say go. And you go with us. And you will be with us till the end of the age and we have nothing to fear because we have you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would clarify the assignment you have given every single one of us. Speak, Lord. Clarify that for us. Where do you want us? What do you want us doing? And then fill us with your Holy Spirit to do it. Give us your courage. Give us your heartbreak for this world. Lead us into the suffering that we may take you, the healer, with us. May you continue these conversations that you start now in our spirit all week. May you keep us awake with a holy discontent if you need to. May you create opportunities and avenues for us by faith to step into May you show us what it looks like to follow you into this world, Lord. We ask this in your incredible name, your glorious name, your beautiful name. Amen.